Oh, you're all you blimey cunt. Welcome to episode number 18 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the mayor may be gay, but she doesn't seem jovial. And from America's left coast, where heavy petting involves a leash and a flea collar, still, I'm Ryan Bemrose. As well it should. On today's show, we're talking about the me too movement and it's great because this is episode 18 so we're legal now we're going to be talking about the me too movement i know it seems like we're coming in on this a little bit late because the me too movement started a couple of years ago in full force that's that's the service grumpy old ben provides we provide you analysis of 2017's news today but we're talking about what it's changed what it hasn't changed if it did what it set out to do and if anybody really even knows what it set out to do because i think in the me too movement we have a combination of so many different things that can go so horribly wrong at any one of these points you have allegations being thrown without needing anything to back them up you have social media which means everybody can just jump in and totally layer on somebody or onto a cause without again having anything to back it up You have the outrage culture, which we've talked about in the past because people do love to be outraged. And you mix that in with the bias that I talked about in a random thoughts a few months back about how much easier it is to convince somebody of something using emotions rather than facts. You mix all this stuff together and something that I believe was started out as a positive thing because nobody wants women to be harassed. Nobody wants women to be abused. And something that started out in the guise of helping that, I think, has really gone in the wrong direction for a variety of reasons. And you can tell me what you think, Mr. Bemrose, but I think a big part of this is nobody has ever come down and made a big distinction between what some people are calling sexual harassment, which could be anything from saying, you know, hey, baby, nice boobs to, hey, you really look nice today to somebody actually being physically assaulted and or raped, something like that. And you can't mix all those things together and expect to have a one size solution to fit all. And that's kind of what the Me Too thing is. And the way I always thought it was, you know, old people like us, when you used to have a telephone with the actual buttons that you would push. You had that pound sign. So I always looked at it as it is all these women who are just posting, you know, pound me too. And that didn't seem to fit what the tweets were about. You're incorrigible, Darren. (laughs) That's what it is, right? Pound me too. Am I wrong? Like any social justice movement, me too, uh, which is, uh, it it is a social justice movement. Uh, It is... uh, good intentions and uh thinking directly from emotions without logic piled onto some bad assumptions and uh this this drives most of what is being taught as as social issues in our universities these days 
in this particular case, uh, I mean, they started with something that is uh, an actual problem. Uh, you know, we we uh, the there are some really shitty people out there who are thinking with their dicks and uh, may in basically being in positions of power and victimizing women that they come in contact with and uh you know victimizing is in air quotes i don't know if you could see them on this audio podcast but i can you can okay i uh it, the the there are people out there like uh harvey weinstein who is uh the prime example that you you always have to bring up with me too of a really really shitty person who decided that uh he was basically going to say you want to be an actress in this town you've got to show me your tits or whatever it is that he said. I, I don't remember if he actually offered or, or demanded sex from them. Um, but I do know that, uh, yes, allegedly I, with some, he did. I I'm a guy and I wouldn't want to be on that casting couch. I'm just saying the guy cre- is that <laughs> creepy. Well, well uh, yeah, but there's, there's a couple things to look at with that before we get too far down the Weinstein hole. One would be ouch. that, Oh, you did not just say down the Weinstein hole. <laughs> hey, if you want to go down the Weinstein hole, that's up to you. But I look at this two ways. One, just let's look at the Harvey Weinstein thing for a second. You have to look at this in a much wider scope. If he is an asshole, yes, I think this is kind of like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, except this wasn't with underage girls. So it's a little bit even better as far as Harvey Weinstein when you put him into that category. But what do you do well, this is a guy that has power and yes he used it improperly but a majority of these women ended up doing what he wanted having their careers bolstered made a bunch of money and then bitched about it so well, that i start having a little bit of a problem with nobody's you know, gonna listen like- to you if you don't have a career when you bitch <laughs> so it's interesting so you have to be abused by harvey weinstein and get famous so you can complain about being abused by Harvey Weinstein rather than just saying no and walking away. It's kind of like the Louis C.K. thing. He took a bunch of shit in this Me Too movement. But the fact of the matter was he was a creep. Sure. He asked women if he could jerk off in front of him. Sure. But he asked and they said yes. So what did he do that is not legal amongst two consenting adults? Well, uh, okay. Well, it, it, a little bit farther down the rabbit hole, not the Weinstein hole, because I refuse to go into that hole. But Louis extra C.K. for the Weinstein hole. Louis C.K. Uh, I, I got to admit, I don't understand how anybody was surprised that he was a creep, because not only did he do this, but then he went on stage and told everybody this is what he was doing. It, there right, was nothing <laughs> secret about like maybe maybe people thought that he was just making it up no no the best comedy comes from life and it, he was he was living the dream i guess I, I i don't know they i mean the fundamental problem and the the real injustice of of me too and the the blow up from it comes from uh the very simple fact that it's not illegal to be a creep is illegal to uh sexually attack someone yes so you have to draw the line somewhere in there and uh in in all of the hype and all of the twitter hashtags and all of the hastily drawn up bad legislation a lot of people 
forgot to think about where that line is. Well, that's absolutely right, because Harvey Weinstein had a position of power, and this was a very quid pro quo kind of thing where the women, I believe, knew what they were doing. They wasn't right that he could have made their career or not made their career based on what they decided to do with him sexually. No, that's being a creep. I don't know if there's any legislation that is really protecting somebody from you know this and and if there is then i guess well, it's very hard to enforce there's absolutely legislation that that protects someone from uh you going up to them and against their will uh running your hand up their skirt and no i uh, agree boy, but there's boy, no was, legislation was he really surprised when you did that to oh <laughs> but there was no legislation that, i mean i don't think that you kind of just because you're hinting around right you know you have yeah. uh Susie muckenfutch that comes in she's a young actress she comes in to meet with harvey weinstein hey i really want this part and he just kind of hints around that yeah, you know, think, hey maybe we should i, go I think to what dinner. you're getting at is is that there you know at, at no point uh in 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 imagining the casting couch room because i wasn't there thank god uh you <laughs> You imagine at least the way it goes from all reports that uh, he he hinted and he may have even said, if you want a career, you've got to get on the couch. But ultimately, it's still the young actress's choice whether to let him do it or walk out of the room. And if I, I mean, in that case, yeah, OK, uh, probably not illegal. Well, I mean, I mean, no, and I think everybody has thought about things like this. I mean, I remember going out, you know, in college, going out to the bars, and there was always this one buddy of mine, Jim, who would always come up with just bizarre questions. You know, would you do X, Y, and Z for a million dollars? And granted, a million dollars was a lot more than what, it is today. So what you would might you have do to. for a Klondike bar? Right. And usually it came down to even some of the most disgusting things that you wouldn't normally put yourself up for doing, in this case, Harvey Weinstein. If it was like, hey, you know what? If you could blow Harvey Weinstein right now and make a million dollars, would you do it? I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably going, no, it'll take like 30 seconds. No, I'm not saying everybody, but this is again, there's this is where the choice kind of comes in where. He's never grabbed somebody and drugged them, raped them. Right. Well, that was just Trump said they do that. He didn't say he actually did that. But this is also the Cosby thing. When that came out, that was a precursor to the Me Too movement. And I do believe that they looked at this guy. And it's an interesting case when you look at the Cosby thing. It really is. Because at the time, he had a pretty Teflon image, even though it did seem once the story broke that there was talk that these things had been whispered about you know decades previously but this was a guy that had the most clean image you can imagine he was pretty much he, teflon and he, he was, was the, the best the face, face he was the face of jello for god's sake <laughs> you want a jello pudding pup and, and and if you ever watched the fat albert show he kind of, i mean at least that character had a face of jello too <laughs> But you look at that and go, okay, if you can convince the world, and that's what we're talking about here, especially through social media, if you can convince the world that Bill Cosby did this, every man on the planet was pretty much fair game at that point because he had such a Teflon image 
And it's interesting to me when all these cases come up when you're going back that many years, because we all understand there's a statute of limitations for a variety of different reasons. One of them is that evidence and memory after a certain amount of years are either really hard to come by when it comes to the evidence and memory is very hard to be accurate after that number of years as far as what actually happened. And that's where this Me Too thing kind of comes in, which is if one woman makes a claim against somebody, it's pretty easy to kind of just brush it off. Although here in Chicago, Patrick Kane, a few years back, the hockey player with Chicago Blackhawks, he had a woman claim that some shit happened when he took her back to his house with, it was a, with a bunch of friends too, but she alleged that he took her back to the bedroom and, and things happened. And luckily for him, he was a smart enough motherfucker to have security cameras. And maybe that's not exactly why, what they were for in the bedroom, but he had video surveillance, which disproved what she said. And this is where I run into a big problem with the Me Too movement is when any woman that comes up and says some guy said something, I mean, it's, or did something to her. Usually it's not the, you know, you or me guys with no money, podcasters, guys, you can't get anything out of. Nobody's lining up to say we did it. They're lining up to say guys like Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks, who's making millions of dollars, did it because they're looking for a settlement. But the first thing people respond when somebody makes one of these kind of allegations, you know exactly what they say. Why would she lie? And it's like, are you fucking kidding? Why would she lie? Money, fame, a variety of reasons. Maybe he said no to her and that pissed her off. This whole concept that women would never lie is as idiotic of a statement as anything I've ever heard in my life. Because as House always said in the old show, everybody lies. Uh, and it's not lupus. Right. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the, well, you know, yeah, women would never lie. It's like, is that if, well, if you really believe that you've already lost any credibility to me, if you, if you're going to stand up and say something like that, uh, women are humans. Of course they lie. Uh, I, maybe, maybe I'm more cynical than the average person. Uh, I, I, I'm not willing fact to check true, <laughs> but I don't have any. I don't have much difficulty believing that Bill Cosby or Kevin Spacey or uh, Bill O'Reilly or Louis C.K. or Harvey Weinstein did a lot of the things that they did. Uh, you know, there there are some stories that don't seem to hold up, and there. Are, but at the same time, uh, like you said, nobody can truly remember what happened back then, and they didn't usually usually have cameras in the dressing room. That's a different part of Hollywood, right? But uh, I, I don't find it completely out of the realm of possibility that, yeah, this shit probably did go on in Hollywood. Hollywood has always been a very insular in industry where you have to work very hard to get in. But once you're in, you're in. And that, you know, that, that describes uh, Hollywood, but it also describes um uh, what am I? Uh, oh, that's right. A any cult. company. <laughs> well, a cult too, but any, any, any place you go where people have power over or, anybody else, which happens in every company or 
uh, an institution that I described on, on our last show on marketing ish, uh, a fraternity, uh, my, my, you know, being in a fraternity is it's, it's hard to get in and there are a lot of secrets and they don't let people in. And, uh, once you go through the hazing and the initiation you're in and you're part of the in crowd. And now you're one of the people who keeps the secrets. Uh, you know, the, uh, a fraternity is like that. A cult is like that. Hollywood is like that. And it would be, uh, ridiculous to suggest that there aren't Hollywood secrets of shit that goes on that they just don't talk about. Because if you talk about it, you're on the outside again. And if on the outside means that you're never going to be able to work in this town again, then you're not going to do it. We talked about earlier about the, the woman who might come in and be given a choice uh, to, you know, deal with Weinstein on his level, whatever that might be, or get up and walk away. And uh, it, it brought to mind the story of the, the farm girl from the Midwest who uh, was following her dream and, and moves to LA. And this is the, the very first hurdle. And uh, I don't know it. I understand that there's a lot of pressure and it can be extremely difficult uh in the end though yeah i think you're right it 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 is somebody's choice but that doesn't well we're talking about one there's reason to lie there's and the we we have a jump on culture who will automatically believe the accuser because hillary clinton of course says you always have to listen to the accuser unless wait hillary always has the asterisk after with after it which says unless you're accusing my husband bill <laughs> then you're a lying fucking asshole but otherwise you have to believe any accusations that women put out there what and the, the line from from one of the heads of one of the uh investigative agencies uh, one of the deep state agencies said uh uh you know the, the way that we have it in this country is that people are innocent until alleged to be involved in some kind of criminal activity right and i feel bad for hillary clinton because as dennis miller once said Why? she's been cheated on more than a blind woman blind woman playing scrabble with gypsies but hey Again, her choice. But we understand why people lie, and we understand that we're now living in an era where people can jump onto things. We saw this in the Kavanaugh hearings, which was the guy seemed to have a completely clear record. All of a sudden, they find one woman willing to tell a yarn, which had absolutely no proof, no evidence behind it. No, she had a very powerful memory aid, though. And that is the money that they were money. slipping her under the table. Money, money, money. Had a and, lot of that. And, and political reasons. And in that case, the interesting thing was there were um, uh, one or two other guys that came out and said, you know, I think you're remembering me from a party back then because I remember, you know, doing this with you. Is at least one guy, maybe two. And if it's two, I get kind of questioning on who's lying. But it did seem like there was some very big evidence that said she was lying or at least incorrect but that doesn't then stop more people from coming out and telling a similar story it happened with roy moore it happened with kavanaugh it happened with um well everybody that seems to be in the political sphere if somebody's out to get you this me too thing has a cascading effect and we're now living in a time where people believe things if they hear multiple people say the same thing, well, if one person lies, 
we can believe that maybe multiple people will lie. And again, it depends on what the payoff is. And it's interesting that almost all of these cases are going after men that are powerful or rich where there would be a payoff and not going after podcasters like you and me. There's a reason for that. And Uh, that nobody looks at. Like I said earlier, by the law of averages, some of these stories have got to be true. And I don't know what percentage, maybe 1%, maybe 10%, but you know, it's not a hundred percent. And the, the me too, the idea behind it way back when, you know, Alyssa Milano was doing whatever she did before orange man bad. Uh, it, she had an idea of there is this shit that goes on in, and, and I'll pick on Hollywood because it, it's Hollywood. Uh, there's this shit that goes on and we don't want it to happen. And I, I, I'm certain some of the stories are true. But the problem is that whatever movement you've decided to start immediately gets diluted to the point of uselessness when you have, like you said, people coming in who are lying or, or just intentionally misremembering things for political monetary reasons. And knowing that the mere accusation can destroy someone's life means that there never needs to be any further follow up because the damage is done and you just move on to the next person. And the ultimately what started as, as a, a pretty good idea for promoting equality of sexes in some industries that really, really needed a kick in the nuts ended up turning into a witch hunt. And well, it did because there's never, there's no, nobody goes and checks these facts and everybody just sees there's an accusation. You have to listen to the person that is making the accusation. And you mentioned Alyssa Milano, who got our buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Baron about that. Walkman uh, booted off of, well, not booted off of Twitter because they don't boot conservatives off Twitter. They just tell you that one of your tweets is hateful and that you, if you want to come back and play with the kids, you have to delete said tweet this is exactly what took james woods off of twitter because he refused to delete a tweet i made a comment on an Alyssa milano post do, do we need she, to do another segment where you talk about all of the terrible things that twitter is doing and what's wrong with that platform and i just point well, out it, that it's that part that of the me too thing there? but it's, okay. but it's part of the me too thing okay. it's part we'll, of the we'll whole it's just, pers- just twitter we'll get to this the is everything online yeah, well, yeah, everything online is part of this. And this is the way people, I think, act in their actual lives now, which is getting kind of scary as well. But Alyssa Milano, once the federal government decided that it was OK to bring back the federal death penalty, made a tweet that said, "Ha! you have no more standing with me when you talk about this pro-life stuff. And you, you I even just got responded, that voice perfect. I know the, the, it, it's the the hate and craziness that must be going on in Alyssa Milano's head. I can't really even comprehend. But I just made a tweet that said it's good to know that Alyssa Milano equates unborn babies with convicted murderers and rapists. Just good to know that that is where she's drawing the line. If you're pro-life, you have to also you know, it just it didn't make sense to me. But our buddy Baron no, Walkman, it's, it's a perfectly consistent position if you only include the unborn babies who have been convicted of sexual assault. Right. And, uh, and Baron Walkman replied 
was saying uh, with with a post that said she was a cunt that hated babies. And that was deemed hateful, which the interesting thing is you can go to search.twitter.com if that's still there, or there may be a different address to get to that now. But you can do a keyword search on Twitter, a, f- a key phrase search on Twitter as well. And if you just go into Twitter right now and do a search for, you know, in quotes or for the phrase is a cunt, you will find a ton of posts. One of the first ones I saw was somebody calling Mitch McConnell a cunt. And if you don't like that word, I'm sorry, ladies, we're just we have freedom of speech here and we're not getting deplatformed on the no agenda stream here on Grumpy Old Benz at our Grumpy But there are plenty of posts, plenty of them going after conservatives or Republican politicians. In that case, Twitter seems to find it to be completely okay to call them a cunt. But when Baron Walkman called Alyssa Milano that, oh my God, that's hateful. And that does stem from this Me Too movement bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to digress a moment uh, uh, just about the the use of the word cunt. Uh, It it is a word that that it's one of the few words that I actually feel a, a slight amount of of uncomfortable uh just saying because i was it was drilled into my head by my mother who hates the word so much that that that's like i'll drop f-bombs all the time i'll i'll say almost anything but saying that there's that little twinge in the back of my head and it's it's interesting how uh charged words can become uh but the other interesting thing about the word that i just wanted to point out is that in america it is a sexist word it it means uh you know a female uh well actually that's really the only connotative meaning and otherwise uh it, it just is you know hatred toward a woman in the uk however uh if, if you ever watch uh you know movies from uk or just talk to somebody from the uk who's a little bit salty it's like the word racist that we discussed uh on a couple shows ago with larry where it is an information-free invective. It, you, you just say, oh, oh, you're, oh, you're blimey cunt. And it doesn't mean that the person is female. It doesn't mean anything at all. There is no connotative meaning there. There's no, I mean, sorry, there's no denotative meaning to it. There's just, I don't like you. It, it's, it's a, but the, the reason that I brought this up is uh, if you're in the UK and you say, you say in a tweet, uh, you know, oh, that person's a cunt then you're just saying i hate you and and yeah okay it's hate speech and i don't think i think twitter needs to fuck off with their banning people for it but at the same time it's not sexist so but if you're in america and you call somebody a cunt uh you know whether they're male or female you're oh god you're a sexist and it's I, I, well, it's it's things that are being very selectively done and the me too movement is a big part of that because when the Me Too movement started, there were some guys who, you know, whatever business they were in, had female bosses, had female superiors, and claimed similar kind of treatment. But the people in the Me Too movement wanted none of that. It's like, so either you're for people not being harassed or you're not. If you're going to come out with something like this and be like, well, women should never be sexually harassed or women should never be sexually pressured. And a guy comes out who's in a similar situation and says, well, this happened to me, too. And it's like, no, 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 we don't care about you. It's like, well, then you just totally came out and you're showing your true colors that you don't care about this. You're again 
pushing a, you know, a very selective narrative if you don't want this to apply for everybody. Something's got to apply for everybody or it shouldn't apply for anybody. But these kind of things with the Me Too movement that really started was what people are considering sexual harassment. You have a culture now in corporate America to where guys don't want to be alone in their office with a female coworker. Uh, they can't even mention something like, hey, that's a nice outfit. That's a nice dress. Whatever. You can't make any comment about a person, something that they have, something that they did something different with their hair, whatever it is. You can no longer mention that because it's being seen as sexual harassment, which makes absolute zero sense. Because if you have a you know friend, whether you know platonic, not what somebody comes into the office and they have a brand new suit on. I mean, if you showed up at my house with a really cool jacket on, I might be like, "Hey, dude, that's a nice jacket. Where'd you get it?" That's sexual harassment, I guess. Now, and it doesn't make sense. Uh, there was one. I think it was Google. One of these companies came out with their corporate policy on dating people within the company. And the corporate policy was you get to ask someone out once. If they say no, it didn't matter the reason. It didn't matter. So you could have asked somebody, say, oh, hey, Sally, do you want to go out Friday night? Sally could have said, no, I'm busy Friday night, you know, but ask me again next week. Well, according to the company, you ask once. That's it. If you ask again, you're going to be terminated for sexual harassment. It wasn't, you know, one and get a solid no. It was just, you get to ask once. If you get a no for any reason, shut the fuck up. You can never ask again. And this is the strange world that we're getting into where a simple compliment is being taken as sexual harassment or asking somebody out once, even if they give you an answer, would say, hey, no, I'd really like to, but I'm busy this weekend. You know, you know, try me again some other time. Well, that's still a no. So technically, you're not supposed to ask again. You just reminded me of of my time in in the dungeons of corporate America uh, that that I escaped a while ago, and I'm not going to mention the company name because you know I don't like speaking ill of them. Uh, but the 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 time where uh, in the in the computer software engineering, there's there's always been uh, this persistent uh, problem at least problem as, as being presented where there are 90% men in the engineering and, and where I worked was absolutely no different. Uh, I was on a, a team in windows of 60 people total uh, amongst uh, the, the entire group that we were all working on an API. And I think there were three women in the entire group and so you were working on something called windows but you don't want to mention the company i i don't remember what the company was is is actually uh the line i'm going with <laughs> okay but anyways uh the the funny thing is um i i'm just thinking back to the it, it was a little bit weird where i was working that uh amongst 60 people i mean we were basically it was all men now it's programming and you're thinking about bits and bytes and, and computer instructions all day. And you're not really thinking about male or female issues. You just go talk to somebody, but the, the unconscious things going on was uh, that for the most part, when you, 
you know, talked about an anonymous person. You always used male pronouns. And, and I was just thinking how this is the kind of thing that leads to the, the persistent complaint that women are not represented. And I don't feel like I was being sexist. I don't feel like there was any, but at the same time, something was keeping them out. And there were the the con there there were the accusations very occasionally that went up to HR about uh, you know, one of the women getting uh, it, it advances uh, you know nothing nothing illegal per se but there there were people creeping on them and every once in a while I'd go to HR and then every once in a while I would be at lunch with a you know a friend of mine another programmer and she'd say yeah well you know so and so he. He came on to me and I don't like to be in his office anymore. And I'm just thinking that, that is this a, is this a pendulum thing? Because we, we've, you know, the, the computer industry has demanded and, and tried and, and set policies to try to get more and more women in and gender equality into programming. And now we have problems where on the other side, men will not want to be alone in a room with a woman may I don't know where I'm going with this. Maybe just people shouldn't ever be alone in offices. And maybe this is why the open <laughs> office plan is the right way to go. Well, it's the backfiring of the movement. When you make a group in this case, men scared to have any kind of conversation with the woman, because either it's going to be possibly misconstrued or again, we go back to everybody lies. So if somebody has any kind of beef with you, they can make up a story, tell the story, and whether it's true or not, it could possibly have a very negative effect on your career. So I'm guessing at, at no point were you ever accused of sexual harassment with a company that you've worked for. Would I, that be correct? I was not. Uh, it, a part of that is that I was careful not to be doing any overt actions that might be turned into that because frankly, I enjoyed having a career back at the time at the time. And, uh, <laughs> but more importantly, uh, when I was at work, I wasn't thinking about hooking up and sex with coworkers. I was thinking about, uh, how do I get this particular array to do its caching? Right. And where is this bug coming from? And there, well, you were one, you were doing it totally wrong. Yeah, obviously. I, I, was I, I do have. And then I also had another advantage, which was that uh, most of my time in corporate America, I was married to somebody who uh, she scares me sometimes. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to keep you in line. But a, a similar story. Um, we'll go down a little rabbit hole and I can tell you about my experience with being accused of sexual harassment while working for Circuit City. We're service was state-of-the-art until they went out of business i was called yeah, in you, one day you've got questions we've got blank stares <laughs> that we or do that well, i had answers that was why well, i worked for radio shack too but that is a completely different story i know that surprised everybody out there surprises everybody out there that i worked for uh, radio shack and circuit city but we went, uh, I like, i'll kind of backtrack with the story here but one day i got called in by the store manager who claimed that there was a sexual harassment complaint against me for calling one of the girls that worked at the front counter, the circuit city slut. Now I 
didn't never actually uttered those words. Didn't know where they came from. What were you thinking? You know, I, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wasn't. Was but she? I, you know, there were stories. I think maybe possibly. Um, but when it came did, down did, to, did you, because the question I, really is, did you ever get the benefit of this? No, no, I oh, was uh, dating my wife at the time, or maybe I was already married. It was right about the, this point, and I remember, you know, going home telling her what had what had gone on, and she's like, "Oh, well, I said that about Elaine at the bar the other night with a couple of other of my coworkers." So, long story short, we went out with a bunch of my coworkers, and my it was either my wife at the time or still fiance, whatever it was, but. We were having a conversation. She was talking to some of the other girls from work. This girl's came name came up. One of the other girls said something about her. And my wife said, well, she sounds like the Circuit City slut. And I ended up getting called in and accused of sexual harassment because it got back to this girl. Third, you know, this again, something that was said in the bar by either my wife or the, my fiance at the time, the girl I was going out with, whatever her, whatever her um, uh, relationship to me was at the time, said this in a bar. And somebody there came back and told this to the other girl at Circuit City, who then actually filed a sexual harassment complaint against me, saying I had said it. And of course, the company, Circuit City, wanting to be woke like every company now, you know, we need to take all of these allegations really, really seriously. And to me, this is where it was if this was a very good learning experience on how this shit works, because it was something that I did not say. It was something that was said at a bar, not at work, with a bunch of people sitting around bullshitting, but it still came back around, and this the lunacy is that it came around in the form that it did, but then I also did see a little bit of the ugliness. I did see a little bit of what happens. My The, the guy we were out, one of the guys we were out at the bar with was the sales manager so not the whole store manager there were two levels of managers at circuit city you had the store manager and then he had some secondary assistant managers well one of the assistant managers was the guy that we went out to the bar with that it was a darts tournament or something that he was in and i got along really well with him so when he heard this was going on i mean i know he went to the girl that made the complaint and basically said hey if you're going to try fucking with somebody i'm going to really come down hard on you you know, I'm going to make your life fucking miserable. So I, I mean, I understand he knew what happened, but I also kind of got a, a glimpse into, you know, if she was telling the truth, <laughs> you know, this was a, uh, it was a bad situation all the way around, but I think it shows the real problems and how these kind of things break down when there are allegations that can't be proven because you have to pick a side and decide who's telling the truth and who isn't and if there is no proof at all except a he said or she said it is really a complete losing proposition which is why again in this kind of a society guys don't want to be left alone with women and you have to have another woman with you that you trust because it can't be two guys because then you'll both get accused of it so it becomes I can understand why anybody in corporate America that has a executive level job, I can understand where anybody in the entertainment industry, I understand why the, the bottom line would be never be alone with a woman. I mean, if you're in an elevator and a woman gets in, I would jump the fuck off. 
I, I wouldn't even want to take any part of that because you're going to have problems if you live in a society where a me sa- uh, he said she said is automatically uh, common sense should tell you you should do get some evidence but common sense doesn't happen anymore people just go oh well you have to believe the accuser and uh, that just doesn't work out. I think I think a lot of our stories and a lot of the 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 idea we kind of been hitting on and dancing around is uh, that ultimately uh, due process is being completely ignored here and and, yes. and that's the real crime. I, I mean, obviously, it's really shitty when one human does creepy things to another, and and you need to not. I, I just just a point of advice, guys. Uh, don't go out creeping on your coworkers. Uh, don't be a lecherous fuck. And if you're being hired to do a job that isn't porn, uh, just try not to think about sex while you're at work because it doesn't mix. Now that said, the 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 concept of due process is, yeah, I mean, uh, where where did that come from? Magna Carta, like twelve fifty something. Uh, it's it's a pretty old concept that people kind of understand, and that that is that uh, it, it it starts from the fundamental assumption people lie. <laughs> it Jay right. Finley says, "Yeah, Sir Bemrose Guide, not to me too." Yes, exactly. Uh, the fundamental <laughs> issue is that people lie, and when people who are generating courts in governments and trying to come up with a way to make courts fair needed to acknowledge that not everybody is telling the truth, whether they're making an accusation. Yeah, if if you're saying, hey, you know, so and so stole my chicken, so give me his property. Uh, well, I mean, that's that could be a lie. Uh, but at the same time, you know, what's the greatest lie ever told in the justice system? I didn't do it. Not guilty. A lot of people say that because why not? And due process was the system generated to try to come up with some kind of objective proof and. It doesn't always work. Uh, what's what's the the adage is? Uh, it, it's better to let ten guilty people go free than to put one innocent person away. I believe was right. I mean that was that was a just a quote about the fallacies of due process and which way you know it, it kind of guides where you need to set your your norms about whether or not you believe an accuser versus believe a, a defendant and and what kind of of burden of proof you need the problem is that me too it 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 started out as something that was uh women trying to air grievances for some shitty people and the entire thing was diluted by women who were airing grievances that either weren't true at all or weren't really grievances uh and there there was no due process involved and people started getting punished i mean uh, you know, look at Kevin Spacey. He never entered a court of law, but his career's over. Uh, the The idea that nobody followed due process is is really the crime here. It's you you can't you can't have a society where people are being punished based on accusations because people lie. Well, how about a society where people are lifted up if they are victims? Look at Jesse Smollett. The only reason he did what he did was probably because he was looking at the Me Too people that came out for that and everybody rallied around them. And he was like, I want to be a victim, too. 
Well, for that, you need to abolish intersectionalism. And for the most part, you need to tear down all of the ridiculous institutions at our universities that are teaching people that being a victim is the, the correct way to live your life. That, that well, might be also, topic. <laughs> Well, it is, but it's also what we consider as a society to be racist sexist and all these other things because this is a big part of the me too thing as well which is well you don't want to sexually harass a woman well what is sexual harassment again is commenting on somebody's attire is that sexual harassment commenting they got a new haircut whatever it is there was a story and of course newsweek covered this this past week and i saw the headline and i was intrigued by the headline which was Starbucks director calls out salesman over sexist email. So I'm like, oh, well, okay, let me let me go see because I'm always curious. Once I see a, a headline like that, I want to know what the reality was. And this is a guy that is an executive at Starbucks. He got this email from a salesman. I don't know what the guy sells. I'm assuming the guy sells something to Starbucks and not works for Starbucks, but I could be wrong. So he may work as a salesman in Starbucks and just had to deal with this executive. But this is what the executive um, posted. His name is David Brunel. And he posted this. Here's a blatant example of sexism in an email from a salesman this morning. And the quote is, also, I can't help myself. What's your go-to order at Starbucks? I like my women like I like my Starbucks coffee order. Tall, blonde, Americano. That was the sexist part. And I'm trying to figure out kind of funny, actually. Yeah. How is it sexist, though? Because it could have been so the best comment on any of these things that I've seen was somebody that pointed out Americano would be a male and Americana would have been female. But besides that, what part of saying I like my coffee like I like my women tall, blonde and Americana is is that how is that sexist because it could be turned around i like my men like i like my starbucks coffee tall blonde and americano how is it sexist to make that comparison well you need to step back and put yourself <laughs> into the mind of of somebody with uh with a skewed version of reality or or who has lost or never developed the ability to uh think rationally about things and uh, in that mind, uh, and especially if you have somebody who has been taught that everything having to do with procreation and the human body is is wrong and shameful, uh, just thinking about anything to do with gender or sex will make that person uncomfortable. And uh, it, the the person who gets uncomfortable in any mention of that and has a Twitter account now has the ability to shout sexual harassment whenever you point out that men and women have different body parts right which i know is confusing to a lot of guys um it, it comes i don't very think go back most to biology guys are i i, I mean i <laughs> this new this new breed of men in the country i think do that have that, that, well, everybody should be sexless i, I guess I have is some what we're trying to do i have some confidence that if you ask the average teenager uh, whether or not men and women have different body parts, I think most of them are going to be able to point directly to those body parts, and and then you're just going to have to calm them down because teenagers are like that. I don't think it's a John problem. John Fletcher. John Fletcher in the chat room says 
I like my women black and strong, which that works. I was I was used to use the joke. I like my women uh, like I like my coffee black and bitter. But that's just, you know, it's a joke, but it's not sexist. It's not because it can both sexes could use it absolutely the same. So it really doesn't make any sense to me. But people are just so sensitive now. They're snowflakes. They're worried about all of these things. And I'm not sure everybody would understand that men and women have different body parts. But this Starbucks executive, this this is great to a Newsweek the way they, they word this. Not only did Brunel share the email, he also shared his eviscerating response. So I mean, ooh, I got you know chills there just waiting for the eviscerating response. And his response was, you lost me with this line. I like my women like I like my Starbucks coffee order, tall blonde Americano. Tech can be a challenging place for women. Your statement perpetuates the mindset that women are here for our entertainment. And I don't believe this to be true. How very corporate of what, what part of saying I like my coffee like I like my women, tall blonde and Americano. What part about that says women are only here for our entertainment? Where do you... Pull well, the, that. The, the, the part I believe, and, and again, I'm trying to put myself in the mind of somebody who doesn't think rationally, uh, as soon as you mention women, then uh, go ahead and ignore the rest of what was said and fill in your preconceived notions about what you think this person meant and then hate them for that. That, that is, in fact, I think what, what's going on. Yes, the guy's obviously trying to make a joke, trying to you know, break the ice a little bit. I don't, again, don't know what the relationship between said salesperson and said Starbucks executive is, but the Starbucks executive continued with this type of statement also makes a few dangerous assumptions. One that I'm heterosexual and will relate to your objectification of women. I don't care if you relate or not. It was funny. I'm not really seeing the objectification of women. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't get it. It's not. Um, I mean, if 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 I were the one making this statement, then the assumption I would make is that you would either laugh along with me or you would ignore me and go about your freaking day. But unfortunately, mean, that's not what happened. I think that you really nailed it. Is that you you used a word that I think really nails the entire gist of the Me Too thing, uh, and that is oversensitivity. I think oversensitivity is is the defining characteristic of almost everything we've been talking about today. Um, If I, if I may be prescriptive for a moment, um, people who are seeing sexism in a tweet need to toughen the fuck up and log out. (laughs) Yes, please. Now people who are people like I say, I keep going back to the, the casting couch because I don't want I don't want to make light of a real issue and and that is that there really are creeps out there and when somebody yes. actually does something wrong uh that you know they need that that breaks the the strictures of society and in general is taking advantage of another person for their own personal benefit whether that benefit be sexual or monetary or just because they're an asshole you need to call them out on that but what the the problem i have with me too is not that people are calling out creeps it's that people are being oversensitive i guess i i keep hitting hitting that point because it's well i think it does it absolutely hit that on the nose because i will tell you 
if you know, as a guy that's six foot six and uh, and can do some damage if I wanted to. If there's a woman that I know that is sexually abused, uh, assaulted in any way, shape, or form, I'm probably going to go kick somebody's ass. But there's a big line between saying something to somebody and calling that harassment and actually getting physically harassed. But before we we'll just not put the Starbucks thing oh, to bed yeah. quite yet, because I just want to read the last what what his again, oversensitive. You're hitting it right on the nose because one was you're assuming I'm heterosexual and will relate to the objectification of women Two that I'm cisgender and haven't personally been objectified slash alienated. And three, that I'd feel comfortable objectifying women behind closed doors. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, then it finishes our company values, deeply committed to upholding a creating a warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome. Well, obviously, except some asshole who makes a bad joke. And you're not welcome. Uh, uh, um, uh, corporate messages lose me when they use phrases like our company values. I'm also dedicated to increasing diversity in technology. In order to increase or, the or number of women minorities diversity. in this field, we need to foster an environment where everyone feels safe and supported. You know, except somebody that makes a joke. You don't get to feel safe or supported when you just say, I like my women tall, blonde, and American. That's sexist. That's completely sexist. That's completely horrible. But the fact that this fucking Starbucks executive, David Brunel, decided that this guy's email to him, a private email, that he should go onto Twitter, that he should quote this onto Twitter, and then virtue signal the fuck to the world with his eviscerating responses, Newsweek calls it. It's way beyond just oversensitive. It's something that needs to be fucking stamped out and have rational behavior come back. Because there's nothing sexist or demeaning about a guy saying he likes tall, blonde American women. There's nothing sexist or demeaning about a woman saying she likes tall, blonde American guys. Get over it. I'm totally with you when you said that Twitter needs to be stamped out. How can we do that? Do you have a plan? Oh uh, yeah, stop we using it. Some, if if enough people stop using it, the platform <laughs> dies. That's that's the plan. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> and, and and because of this, just the last quote from the guy uh, to the salesman, Brunel said, "It doesn't seem like our values align." And that is the, that is the kind of the. Uh, the world we live in now this is everything you're seeing on social media this is everything you're seeing with the anti-trumpers and with the me too stuff this it has not helped i don't see anything with the me too movement that has made positive strides for women in these fields i see where it's probably set them back more because it's always interesting to me you've got the everybody should be equal and everybody should be treated equally except in this point well then you should always believe the woman well well that's not being treated equally that's being given special treatment that's being given extra special treatment that we have to believe everybody that accuses a man of something but it doesn't go the other way around i mean i guess unless you're a gay guy and you're right because everybody you had to believe the guy that said the crap about kevin spacey and now that's all kind of seemingly fallen by the wayside because well I did a random thoughts episode on this. I forget the title, but it looked at the tweets or the text between the guy and his girlfriend while this was going on. And it was very easy to see the guy claiming Spacey did this stuff was full of shit. 
And I think whether whether you are talking about somebody being punished in a court of law or simply being punished in uh, in, in the corporate HR department or or if they're simply being punished on Twitter and actually care about what happens there, uh, the the thing that has definitely been getting lost in this entire thing is is due process is the burden of proof is the the question of yeah it it's it's not politically correct to even ask do you think this really happened and and it's not even it's not even just whether or not it happened because if you know of course we we've talked about uh some people lie and we've talked about some people just don't remember things quite correctly unless they're being paid a lot of money and but the i mean the other as Fletcher pointed out in the chat room, the the third thing that could happen is is whether or not uh, something is interpreted as uh, welcome or not. Uh, you know, you're you're not going to meet to somebody who's a podcaster. We mentioned that, and you're not going to if right. if, if if I even if I become rich and famous, and then I go say, "Hey, how's it going?" to some girl that I know, uh, she might be totally flattered by that. Uh, if if I'm good looking, uh, it, that hay sounded it, a lot like Buford T. I you may have discovered my secret identity, but I'm not going to admit to it. Either way, it, it, there's there's too much that's subjective to it, and it's just like uh, what we mentioned uh, many weeks ago in in an episode where uh, the the problem with prosecuting somebody for becoming offended is that being offended is not something that the person who is allegedly offensive has any control over the decision to be offended the decision to decide whether or not an advance is unwelcome the decision of how to react to something is entirely on the side of the receiving party and so the exact same action that on one hand will be very flattering to somebody if you know if if the man is hot then so you can say, hey, baby, and she'll be flattered. And if the man is ugly, you can say, hey, baby, and she'll be creeped out. And it is impossible for a corporate policy or a law or any any kind. It is impossible to create any kind of prescriptive advice on how somebody should behave because the exact same behavior will get you two completely different results with severe consequences. And if you can't be prescriptive, then that's where you end up with the backlash. You end up with people not willing to be in a room with women. You're, you know, a, a man who will refuse to be a mentor for a woman, even if he's helping the career of other men. Uh, you end up with even more quote unquote sexism in the workplace, more of your gender pay gap because you, you can't, if you are being rational, and you know that interacting with somebody could, depending on the mood of the woman now, and even worse, depending on the mood of the woman 30 years ago from now, right. can, can be either totally fine and a great icebreaker and small talk and, and building rapport, or it can destroy your career. A, a rational person will say, I'm not going to take that risk. And that's the the real problem in and you're bringing in oversensitivity bringing in people just it we can't it is impossible to make prescriptive laws 
based on a subjective feeling of how a social interaction goes. And this is the root of, of Me Too. This is the root of a lot of sexual harassment legislation, of most legislation or policies that curb speech, uh, anything uh, regarding harassment, hate speech. I'm kind of hitting all of the themes that we talk about on Grumpy Old Bins because bingo, I'm triggered by this. Well, and it is. And it is all about speech. And this goes back again with the bullying and all the other stuff that we've talked about, because it's very easy to legislate if you touch somebody unwantedly. That's very simply assault and or battery. It's because but, it's very easy to prescribe actions. Actions are yes. unambiguous. Actions are not interpreted by the person on the receiving end. Uh, actions are. Uh, objective they're physical they can be recorded on camera if you need well and this comes down to stuff like i think one of the biggest places this me too hit and you don't maybe read a whole lot about it was in the kitchens of the world because kitchens are mainly a place that have men and mainly guys that probably use really bad language i mean at least if you're to believe a lot of the stuff you saw like with anthony bourdain stuff it's, it's not just kitchens, it's workplaces all over the anywhere that you have people being social with other people, they're going to behave like people. But go on. Right. And the problem is once you have a culture that already exists and everybody's getting along, now all of a sudden it's a very bizarre thing when at the flip of a switch, everybody now has to be on their best behavior. We're back in kindergarten again because you, you, we're talking about speech again, which is the just the most bizarre thing is that we're talking about speech and saying something to somebody. We're not talking about physically abusing them again. I put that in a completely different category. We're talking about words that are being used. You're in a kitchen and guys are talking about women or something. And a woman passes by, you know, walks through the kitchen. and doesn't like what they're saying. It is. It's just overt sensitivity. And we're to believe that women are completely helpless because they can't just stop and say, hey, asshole, I don't want to hear that from you. No, I mean, we have to go and complain and file a sexual harassment I mean, there, suit and, and hopefully get millions of dollars. There, there are better examples than kitchens. Try a, a profession where the entire point to the profession is to be macho uh, athletics. Perhaps go into a, a, a locker room of a professional basketball team. And you're going to get comments uh, or go uh, uh, a police station. If the the stories that occasionally trickle out past the thin blue line of, of female officers uh, are enough to make your blood run cold because of the kind of things that go on there. But you're you're absolutely right. There's there's a culture thing and where terrible cultures appear you need to come up with some way of addressing the culture, but you don't do that by persecuting individuals, especially in, in unrelated areas. You, you do that by uh, the way that you correct any culture is that you shine a light on it. Well, and again, you come down to not being overly sensitive. My wife worked for a company where the women probably gave better dirty jokes than the guys and gave harassment in that kind of way. But everybody got along and nobody took it the wrong way. Like you said, you have no control over the amount of offense somebody's going to take to anything that you say. 
And unfortunately, again, when you all of these things go down the slippery slope of making speech in one way, shape, or a, a form or another, either illegal or something that maybe isn't illegal, but it's going to get you fired, it's going to get you fined, it's going to get something to happen to you in a negative manner because of something you said. And that is a real problem. I know you're completely 100% free speech. You can always say whatever you want to say with very few exceptions. And I go along with you on that. And this is what you're seeing was what happens when you start trying to make any kind of this speech illegal. Because, yes, in the guise, in the in the manner that you would like, hey, my goal is to let's make sure women are never sexually harassed anymore. That seems to be a rational thing to want to have well, happen it's except a, it would be a rational goal if we had any way of defining what sexual harassment is yes well that's exactly it because it's gone from every little thing oh, oh, keep you i know i keep using that example but hey your hair looks nice today well now i don't think any guy in the world if you commented on hey those are new shoes those are nice hey whatever the woman's wearing you make a comment that's a nice dress i don't believe in my rational mind, which is maybe it's not always rational, I try to make it that way, but I don't see that as being any way, shape, or form sexual harassment. But people are saying that it is, or women feel whoever's coming down with this saying they believe this is, these are sexually harassing statements. Screw you, I'm going you bald. Keep, you should be more sensitive. Right. You keep going further and further down the line of what you can. And once you, what you can't say, it's no longer was it George Carlin's, was it 11 words, seven words you can never say on TV. And I think we've said them all on grumpy old Ben's at one point or another, but it's not, it's, it's not just a list of a few words or phrases. You can't say anything can now be misinterpreted. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, there is nothing you can do to pull yourself out, except to get back to sanity and say, Speech is not harassment. You know, if you don't like what somebody says, walk away, you know, get yourself out of the situation um, well, George, for 99.9% of the time. Anyway, George Carlin's bit was done uh, during a simpler time in, in broadcast where you, the, the FCC was prescriptive and they said, you cannot say these words and it's objective whether or not you are saying the words. The problem is that today and, and, Fortunately, I haven't seen evidence that the FCC has gotten in on this, but corporate policies absolutely have, and they are just as authoritative or even more so than government agencies, is that people are no longer being punished for saying words. They are being punished for the meaning behind those words, which is no longer objective and no longer even measurable because the 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 it runs the gamut between uh the you know the 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 legislative or the the legal argument that you can't prove intent is uh did you intend to be sexist when you said hey how's your hair uh but it's worse than that because the people on the other end can read meaning into your words that was never intended because the meaning of words is always on the recipient side so like i said george carlin he he was premature. He was complaining about free speech in a time when you could objectively say, I'm allowed to say this or not. We've gone way past that now. And 
you can't say anything because the person on the other end might just interpret what you said. Hello, as you're being sexist. And this is no way to live. You, you cannot function in a society without prescriptive rules for how the society works. Uh, we are going right. to see the pendulum swing the other way. We are going to see the entire system break down, be underneath the weight of the oppressiveness of self-censoring when people realize that they can't do or say anything at all for fear of being punished for something that never even entered their mind because somebody on the other end who has different life experiences and may be oversensitive and may just be on a, a political, uh, have a political agenda has decided to punish you for something that you have absolutely no control over. Our society cannot function this way. And we are going to see uh, either the pendulum is going to swing back the other way in a big way and and not all good or we're going to see some kind of collapse of of a lot of the institutions now, there's some institutions out there that i wouldn't mind seeing a collapse in hollywood academia but there's some other things that we really rely on for stability and it, it's gonna be a hell of a ride well not only don't you have any control over it it's even worse in the fact that it's seemingly undefinable if you drive 80 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone, pretty clear what you did. If you punch well, somebody I, in the face, you pretty relativity. Right. Well, okay. And gravity, but there are things that are very easy to make rules and regulations about, but what is sexual harassment is completely different from one person to another. And it's also completely different depending upon the relationship that you have with somebody for a while. I did and, work and with depending my wife, on whether you're good looking. Right. And I did work with my wife. So, I mean, there was a, you know, again, there, I think there should be slightly different things that I could say to a fellow employee if I am married to them. But uh, no, yeah, I worked at a bookstore and the first time she came in for her interview, I guess because, you know, I'm six foot six and look like maybe I should run the place. She came up and said she was there for her interview. And my my internal dialogue was like, completely well, different than the <laughs> let's go back to the broom closet and conduct an interview yes i mean want to call harvey weinstein you know what i'm saying but that's i've got the casting coach in the back <laughs> it was it was wasn't a very nice one but you know hey there was like a pleather kind of uh thing back in the break room at the old crocs and brentano's a store that is long long gone but the relationship you have with somebody and the your you know, camaraderie with them. And you would hope, I mean, this is again, where one of these, the me too thing is coming in to bite a lot of people in the asses. I think there's a lot of guys that have worked with women for years and you think you have a good relationship and you've been kidding back and forth for years, but you're finally going to say something on a day where she's pissed off and you're going to get the sexual harassment complaint against you. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's it's like the Kevin Spacey thing and all this other stuff we talked about. It is very hard once you've been accused to shake an allegation. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not, because all of these allegations seem to come out on the tweeters and all this stuff when you're going against, you know, the Weinsteins and that this wasn't happening in behind closed doors. This wasn't women going to the police or the FBI to say, hey, you know, I want to tell you my story. This was a very public thing and people can lie. They can lie very well. They may not even think that they're lying, but the fact that you can't 
prove the stuff. The fact that there is no black or white, depending on what you say, when you say it, what is sexual harassment and what it isn't. You know, I, and I understand people like to take a lot of this stuff lightly, and it's it's was much easier to do years ago than it is now because I do remember when I had the problem over at Circuit City that one of the guys that I worked with went up to the manager after he heard about what had happened with me, and he was like, "Yeah, I really need to talk to you. I've got a, a problem with uh, sexual harassment." And the manager kind of looks at him like, "Oh, this is going to be good. What's what's going on?" And he's yeah, like, I, "I need some yeah, pointers. I, what's I the best been, way to do?" It? Oh. Sorry. No, he's like, I haven't been getting any. <laughs> I don't, I'd like to get some. Uh, nobody's been sexually harassing me, and I think I might like it. So, uh, you know, that was his problem with sexual harassment. And, and the manager then, I'm surprised he didn't smack him. But I guess we still have laws against that in this country. And it is. It's a topic that we don't want to make light of it because it is a serious thing. I mean, I know there's been a, a lot of humorous banter going on in the show but i think it is because of the extreme nature of the topic how seriously people are taking something where there's no proof where people are lying where this is uh you know again we're equating like Alyssa milano wanted to equate unborn babies and those who have committed murder and rape we are left to look at this me too movement which is equating somebody who is a rapist and somebody that is assaulting women with a guy that says, Hey, those are nice shoes. Did you just get those? And that's where I really have a problem with these public movements, because this is not something that should be tried on the Twitters and the face bags and all of that. If somebody breaks a law, it's the, it's, it's not for, public consumption because we have to believe the woman of course they would never lie unless they're saying it about bill clinton or a democrat that's that's also another one of those things then you're a liar but if you're if you're a conservative and you say it then that's bad too and that's where politics gets into this and the me too movement if you know again if this wasn't bastardized by politics as well i might be able to take it a little bit more seriously but the way i look at it is it hasn't accomplished accomplished anything and if anything it's made things worse am i wrong Probably, but uh, oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to this? be listening? No, I no, think. I mean, you're on. I, you're on drugs. I, I, I am. I think you're right. I think that uh, it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with it, and I'll just uh, not reiterate everything you just said. But yeah, what Darren just said. Uh, you did touch on in there uh, a, a form of interpersonal relationship, not directly involved, but it does trigger me a little bit, and I don't know. I don't know if you want to hear another three minute rant just because sure i mean i'm up for it i mean is that what people are here for is to listen to me rant or do we want to stay on topic and on the rails everybody likes the sir bemrose <laughs> rant so uh th there was you you mentioned uh at one point the the idea of somebody who uh you you interact with her every single day and you you'll say something and you'll say hi you'll say you know uh hey love your shirt or you'll say hey nice tits and Every single day. Those are slightly different things. <laughs> They're just, just, just differences of degree. Uh, but you, the, the idea of, of you say this every single day and she will go, oh, yeah, okay. Or, or, or just pass it off or just ignore it. And uh, the, okay. So 
Here's the thing that bugs or me. Or worse yet, respond in like manner for a long period yes. of time until here's, one day. Here's the thing that bugs me. If you don't like something that I say, or you don't like something that I do, or you are bothered by something, uh, you you have two ways you can go about it. You can tell me about it. And if you, you know, there's ways of doing it in a non-confrontational way that don't, uh, I mean, don't, don't be like, hey, you Bemrose, you fuck, what the fuck you got to do? And, and then, yeah, I'll probably just yell right back at you. And that's not really productive. But <laughs> if you say, hey, you know, you said this and I didn't really like it, I'd be like, oh, well, okay. And, and if we're, if we have a working relationship, if we're talking to somebody every single day, we're interacting and you say, hey, you know, the way that you, you know, stare at my boobs every single time that we walk into the room, I don't really like that. If you say something, then I'll be conscious of it and I'll stop doing it. The other way that I and, and I. I'm not going to name any names, but there are people who I know who will do this is you say absolutely nothing at all. You just, oh, well, you know, he doesn't. I, I didn't like that, but I'm not going to well, if you never once indicate that you don't like me saying, you know, hello, I, you know, I like your hair today. Or if, if, if that bothers you, but you just leave it alone and go with it, then I'm going to keep doing it every single day because I have never received a signal that you didn't like it. And at some point after days, weeks, months, this goes on over and over and over again. And I've dropped into the habit of saying, Hey, I like your hair every single day. And this bugs you there at some point, it's finally going to become too much and you're going to blow up and you're going to feel like the blow up is appropriate because, you know, I'm going to, you know, if, if you go nuclear because this has been building for months and months and months every single day a little bit and it's a more but from your perspective then going nuclear is the right thing to do is like god damn it, stop it. you know how it goes but from my hey, perspective baby. that came out of left field pers- because i had right. absolutely no idea that this interaction was something you didn't like so I guess if I'm going to be prescriptive about it, uh, if, if, if something bothers you, I know that, that we teach stoicism and just brush it off. And, and the, you know, the, first of all, the absolute wrong way to do is to go all me too and ruin someone's career. That's, the, that's oversensitivity. That's overreaction. But on the flip side, if, if somebody does something that bugs you, just this is a big life pro tip. Let them know make them aware somehow ideally in a non-confrontational way that you did this thing and i didn't appreciate it and if the person is rational then they will take note of that and and if if the person has any respect for you which if if they don't then you've got a completely different thing to address (laughs) but if the person is rational and has respect for you there's a good chance that they might not know that complimenting your hair every day is something that bothers you and if you just give a signal just say you know i i I actually it makes me feel uncomfortable when you do that then you're you're going to avoid the situation where you have to have an entire scene weeks or months down the road it's right and intent matters and maybe you could just clear it up with you know hey i have a boyfriend i'm not interested and the guy could just be like 
yeah, I don't care. I'm gay. I just thought your hair looked nice. You know, I mean, can we get on the can we get on the same page? The question in the chat room is, do we have the co-workers have to be told, you know, not to share uh, to stare at each other's boobs? And I think maybe we may be getting I, to that well, point. Um, I, it, one of the it, it doesn't one hurt. Of the, I, yeah. OK, <laughs> maybe guys should be taught that it's impolite to stare at boobs. But two points on that. One is if it happens and it makes you uncomfortable to have your boobs stared at. Well, first of all, if you're a guy, maybe you should exercise a little bit. <laughs> but if <laughs> the gym, if, if hey, wait, if that's makes, sexist. Uh, that's body shaming, uh, Bemrose. That's me. Um, if it makes you uncomfortable, it doesn't hurt to say, "Hey, you're making me uncomfortable. Don't do this." Yeah, maybe they should know, and maybe they weren't brought up right, and maybe they're uh, a total idiot who grew up around a bunch of people who are terrible. But that's how. That's how bigotry follows down generations is somebody was never taught that something is wrong because they have bigoted parents. And do you want that to continue another generation? Well, maybe if they're a perfectly reasonable person, then they just don't know. Maybe my dad was, uh, you know, this isn't my dad, but, but maybe, you know, if, if my father was a total douchebag who openly stared at every woman's boob and that was all I knew, maybe if, I, you tell me, Hey, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. I'll stop. So it doesn't hurt. And then the second, well, it's understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It, so you're, you're, you're absolutely right that there are certain things that in today's society should be taught to everybody, but just acknowledge that maybe they're not. And yeah. And it's context. I mean, the guy saying, you know, I really like the way that dress looks on you could just be a compliment. Now, if he says, I like the way that dress looks on you, but it would look a lot better on my floor. Then you have a bit of a more well, of a case. I, I, again, it's, it's a matter of degree. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's possible that the dude just was never taught that that's wrong. And uh, there. Yes. And, and, and the, maybe, I wasn't even going to mention been. it because there's no way there's no way to prove whether this person was telling the truth or not. But with the question, you know, do we have to be told not to stare at our co-workers chests? Uh, there was a guy that made a comment in the Newsweek story about the guy from Starbucks saying he worked under the guy at Starbucks and the guy seemed like a really nice guy. He said, but as a straight male at Starbucks, he said, I've never felt more objectified that the gay guys that were working at Starbucks were absolutely horrible with objectifying him and leering and, you know, peeking over the stalls and and those kind of things. So there's, there's a level of degree everywhere, I guess. I guess all I'm going to leave you with is uh, which Put, putting aside the the uh, whatever impulse you might have to to try to improve your social standing by, with victimization or to generate false outrage, I'm I'm assuming rational people who want to function in today's society without making it worse. That's that's oh God. I I didn't realize I just traveled into fantasy land, did I? <laughs> but anyways, hey, I just want logic. Which which of the following scenarios? is going to generate more hassle on both sides. A, you walk in, somebody stares at your boobs and you're like, hey, you're making me uncomfortable here. Can you please not do that? Or B, somebody stares at your boobs and then you put up with it for two weeks and then you make an HR complaint and then you both get dragged up to HR and then you have to deal with uh, a Harvey Weinstein boss who comes in and says you know stares at your boobs while he's questioning the other guy about doing it and i you know i i don't know there there is there is a lot of 
disadvantages to escalating a situation that could be diffused by just saying, hey, you're making me uncomfortable. Can you please not do that? But being a victim gets clicks. Being a victim gets likes. Oh, and this oh, and, is why it, and as long I, these as things being don't prescriptive, stop. Get the fuck off Twitter. Right. Because these things don't stop at HR. And this is where people's lives really start getting fucked. It's not like you have somebody at a company who goes and makes a complaint to the boss that a guy did something like this. Even worse yet is they don't. And they just take their case to Facebook and Twitter where the world gets to read it and have no context on what the truth actually is. And we really do. I think a big part of the Me Too movement, I know I mess, mess mentioned, I can't speak, Jesse Smollett, but I think he really is the, uh, should be the poster boy for this, which is people lie, people have various reasons for posting things, and we live in an era where being a victim will get you likes. Being a victim is getting people attention, and people seem to like attention, and this is not going to go well, as long as we still allow this kind of things, this kind of thing to happen, where being a victim is kind of a you know positive thing when it comes to your online presence anyway, and being able to claim you are with absolutely no proof, uh, these things mixed together, they're only going to get worse. I think that's a completely separate show, the, the attention economy and the things that people will do to get attention, because I think that that's at the root of, of a lot of our online social problems. Uh, I, Some I, might even do podcasts. Yes, I, that's, this is what I do for attention is... I rant into a microphone and say occasional swear words all the time and generally be a free speech maximalist where people on the stream can hear me. And sometimes you don't even have a microphone around when you're doing it. And then Dame Bemrose just gets to hear the 24 seven live feed and we can only appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, Whether or not the microphone is on doesn't particularly change my behavior. I do this all the time. And usually the cats are the only recipient of, of my rants, but (laughs) Which is why so, I, mean, I, I want to thank everybody out there who still listens to Grumpy Old Ben's, uh, even after discovering what we're like, because <laughs> you're especially because the, 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 the main reason that I do this is because uh, you, Darren, are cheaper than a therapist. But the other reason that that I do this and the thing that keeps us going is continued support and and welcome comments on what we're talking about from people in in the troll room where we're doing this show live from uh the you know the the occasional emails that i get i've I've actually gotten a lot more emails at to ryan at grumpy old ben's that are positive than than are negative which surprises the hell out of me uh <laughs> and your your support in so many ways in a, a kind comment uh you know supporting grumpy old ben's by a, a tweet not that i'll read it but darren might I, I have to say, it's the thing that keeps me going is knowing that I'm not the only person out there who's this crazy and and other people are thinking the same things that I'm saying. Well, I've heard it from a few different people. Uh, one, our executive producer who we're carrying over from the last episode, because I don't know if we give him his money worth, money's worth on the last episode, but Jay Finley Baron Walkman has said that in regards to this show and I think the my random thoughts show. And Larry made a similar comment that there's things we've covered where he, they've sat their kids down and said, listen to this. I mean, <laughs> that that is the ultimate compliment. And that's kind of why we discuss the things that we do. One, just to kind of ease our own minds and kind of go back and forth on things that 
you know, you think should be easy for people to understand, but there seems to be a large portion of the people in the world that have a totally different view on these things. I'm sure if we had Alyssa Milano on to talk about the Me Too movement, she would tell us how everything we've said for the last 90 minutes or so is just hateful rhetoric from old white guys who don't understand the topic. Yeah, but this is the same person who thought that it was appropriate to wear a vegetable dress at a function just to to push people toward vegetarianism. Well, yeah, I don't understand that, but we appreciate everybody listening. And again, executive producer today, Jay Finley, Baron Walkman, the patron saint of podcasts. We have him in the chat room as we're talking now. So we really do appreciate all the support. We hope you like what we're doing. And as always, uh, and that guy, he, he is supporting all of the podcasts on this network. I, he, I heard his name pop up on the no agenda donation segment yesterday. Uh, uh, the guy's everywhere. It's almost like we're in his head. We could be. We all could just be in a computer simulation in Baron Walkman's head. It's very, very possible. Uh, But hey, if you like what you're hearing, of course, you can email Ryan or myself, Darren at GrumpyOldBenz.com or Ryan at GrumpyOldBenz.com and do us a favor and go to GrumpyOldBenz.com. That's the whole marketing thing. You repeat it enough. People will listen. I'm sorry. Go there. What was the URL again? (laughs) grumpyoldbens.com click one of those subscribe buttons and uh, if you really like what you're hearing you can click that little donate button value for value pop a little something our way to keep the microphones running and to keep ryan bemrose in uh what are those the keratical steroids what do they call those things you're on uh oh the the what what's it called Cart- corticosteroids it yeah, it's a it, big word. It's it's clear, cold medicine. It's up. cold medicine that's making me loopy right now, which is why I'm I may be a little bit more rambly than the average episode the, today. Sir Fletcher said he's waiting for our wives to start grumpy old hens, and that could be a spinoff. It, I don't know. We, uh, you know, my I, wife I though she's taking it a different direction. She's not. She doesn't want to do her own podcast. She is just executing a takeover of uh, Hog Story and of Nick the Rat. That's much easier. It's less work. Already have an audience and it works really well. So again, thanks to everybody for listening. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America where, well, Chirac is Chirac, baby. And from America's left coast where proper man spreading takes up all three seats and the aisle. I'm Ryan Bemrose.